Welcome to Family Financial Views from University of Illinois Extension. Welcome everyone. We're excited to have you on today to one of our newest topics for our Family Financial Feuds podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Seishik Robinsetter with the University of Illinois Extension, and I'm going to let Kathy introduce herself. Hi, I'm Kathy Sweedler. I'm a consumer economics educator and enjoy teaching personal finance and talking about money with people. Yep, me too. That's what we're going to do today. So I'm looking forward to our discussion. Um, Kathy, do you kind of want to give us a little intro about what we're talking about today? Yeah, so a lot of um, conversations I've been having with people lately are around the changes in the economy that we're seeing currently. And specifically today, we want to talk about how do changes in the economy maybe affect you in related to housing? Mm -hmm. And we realize that the economy is affecting people differently. So it's not the same for everybody. And, and we have different housing situations. But I think today is a great time to to really talk about a little bit about what's helping happening in the economy. And then we want to raise questions that you can ask yourself so that it puts it in context of what works for you. Mm-hmm. And then also kind of ha- have you think about if you have a significant partner that's um, involved in your housing decisions, how do you want to talk about this with them um, so that we can, you can have that open communication and be on the same page about where your choices are now and which way you want to go? Because we know that housing arrangements and situations can really lead to conflict sometimes in mm-hmm. families. And sure. I know that all, you know, myself and, and Seisha, we've been in housing roommate situations and other things where maybe it was less than ideal. Mm-hmm. So now's a good time to sit back and kind of assess where we are um, and where we might want to, what any changes we might want to make in the near future. Great. That's a great intro, Kathy. I really appreciate that. So since we're talking about housing today, our choices have have changed significantly. Um, and obviously other cultures do housing differently in some aspects. Um, like I think of like Japan where they have housing for multiple generations and multiple generations live in the same household and they live in the same house for like hundreds of years. Um, but that's not kind of how we do it in the United States. We kind of like to have our own privacy, right? And live in our own little, our little shells of our houses. So um, I'm excited to have this conversation. Yeah, and I think that, you know, we do have these perceptions of like we the independence piece in Mm -hmm. in the U.S. is high and that value is often high in many cultures within the U.S. But when we look at it historically, um, we may see that it actually fluctuates quite a bit how much multi-generations come together and live in one household and how much they move apart. And one of the factors that go into this is what the unemployment situation is like in our country. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we are, you know, the Federal Reserve recently announced that we've moved into a recession. Unemployment is quite high right now. And so it, it's not, um, I mean, I think it's a reasonable thing to think that many people maybe at this moment thinking about, do I need to consolidate my household with another household and Mm -hmm. kind of move together and double up is one way that um, people talk about that. 
And when we look at some research that was done in an article called Families as Roommates, Changes in U.S. Household Size from 1850 to 2000, so quite a range there. That is, yeah. Um, Salcido and all published this um, in Quantitative Economics Journal. And they found that, you, you know, that basically to summarize a great article but just to summarize it down into one sentence that when people have more money they tend to choose that independence and that privacy and so Mm -hmm. they have separate households but when that's not the situation then they choose to share those fixed household costs and that that makes a big difference for people yeah so you may listener be thinking about this and thinking well you know right now i'm either unemployed or i've had a real decrease in my income um, with less hours of work what am i going to do one thing you might be thinking about is moving in with other family or friends um I think, Sisha, you might have had this happen to you at one time in your life. I did, actually. So um, I unfortunately experienced the the Great Recession in 2008-2009, and it really impacted me after I graduated from undergrad. And I actually went back to live with my parents for a little while. Uh, I lived with them for about a year and really struggled to find a job. And once I did find a job, I could only work the person was only hiring part-time it was really difficult um and then having to not only you know try to work out food and housing arrangements but also like dealing with those family struggles of you know being a 20 year old with a curfew and just kind of different things like that so uh it was a real struggle for me and i i felt embarrassed and ashamed um because i did have to go back to my parents house but in the end, it helped me, you know, financially. So, yeah. And I think that's where we get into that sort of individual family cultural piece about that shame and embarrassment, because mm-hmm. that's not going to be true in all households and all families. But it's clearly is an underlying piece in our much of our social media and things, too. But I, you know, in my own life, there's been times when many times when we've had different people move in and out of our household, whether they were in some form of transition or not, you know, moving geographically or changing Mm -hmm. careers or having less income. It's really is a good way to to save money. I mean, when we start looking at trying to change expenses, it's one thing to talk about how to save money on food. And I'm all for that. Um, we just did a webinar on that, we but, did. <laughs> but you know, you're only going to move the dollars so much on mm-hmm. food costs. So right. when you start looking for big changes, things like your housing and utility costs, those things are huge. Mm-hmm. So. I also kind of want to mention, you know, like that, you know, I don't think people should, I don't know, I guess not, not everyone is ashamed or um, upset that they might have to move back home. But I do know that people, you know, if they have a large uh, student loan debt, so like, for example, um, Kathy uh, knows my brother is a dentist. And so he, you know, had a lot of student loan debt coming out of graduate school. And so he, he actually lived with his in-laws for multiple years. So that way they could kind of take and tackle that debt down. Um, you know, it worked out really well for him, but it probably was a struggle, you know, living with your in-laws, you know, being newly married, those kind of things. So um, that's another reason I think a lot of people might move in together as well. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you're considering that for economic reasons, there could be, you know, some really good strategy to sit down and talk to others involved about 
what are the challenges of mm-hmm. combining households and, ha- you know, have that conversation as much as possible before you combine so that you can talk about what's really important to you in terms of privacy or independence, um, but also talk about what is your responsibilities when you move in? Is Are you there as a guest where somebody's waiting on you? Probably that's not going to be a popular opinion. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> For a long time situation. Uh, but, you know, what, what, what can you help with that doesn't feel like you're invading somebody else's personal space? Mm-hmm. You know, these are hard things. And that's why I think when people have the ability, a lot of times they do choose to be independent and have their own space. But mm-hmm. I think in the next year, we're going to see some more people doubling up and moving in. Yeah. Um, with the way the economy is moving. And if you're interested in this topic, actually, we did a podcast on multi-generational households. It's called Elbow Room. Uh, we did this about a year ago, and it's on our um, Family Financial Feuds podcast stream, so you can find it there. Yep. Great. So along with, you know, decreasing incomes um, currently with unemployment, I just want to raise also the issue that as you're planning housing things, keep in mind that um, hopefully you're not unemployed right now. I would wish that for you. Mm -hmm. And that but there's some uncertainty in employment for the next few years. And so we you know, that may be something to kind of keep in your mind as you're making plans as well. But along with the economy having these negative consequences of unemployment, there may be opportunities for some households right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and and one of the things that is happening is that we're really seeing a decrease in home mortgage interest rates. Um, and in fact, uh, Bankrate.com had their one of their big headlines this week was that um, we're seeing, you know, as of June 10th, the benchmark 30-year fixed-rate mortgage dipped to 3.44%, a new record. Woohoo! Yeah, a year ago <laughs> at this time it was 4.04%, so which was pretty low we thought then, but yeah, now we're we did. lower. Now we're lower. Yes. So you know. If you're in a good financial situation, you might, I know a lot of people are, might be thinking about, is it a good time to buy a house? And mm-hmm. we did a webinar, Sage and I, last night on um, debt, and people were asking us about buying a house and yes. what things to consider. So and what I, do you think some of the pros are of buying a house right now, Sasha? Well, I mean, again, that that financial independence, that freedom, um, and then locking in that low mortgage rate for me is like a is a huge deal because I mean, for some, for some of us, like we don't ever get to have that opportunity to have a, a, that low of an interest rate. So that's, I think that's a pro for me, but I also think, you know, just that, again, that freedom to have a house and like make it your own is one of those things. Right. And, and I, and this sounds kind of, <laughs> this kind of, I'm thinking about what I'm saying here and it, it, it's kind of a mean way to look at it in one way, but Um, We know that people are going to be in transition in the next few months and they may be forced to sell their home quickly because of (laughs) unemployment or moving to a new job. Um, So there might be good buys out there right now. That's true. So so that's another pro um, (laughs) in the kind of odd way of looking at things. 
But to play devil's advocate, I think there's also some cons to consider Mm -hmm. if you're looking at buying a house right now. And that would be the financial uncertainty in the next few years. So you really want to, if you're thinking about this, take into account that um, buying a house is a large financial commitment in terms of the down payment and the closing costs. And it will reduce your mobility in the future. So Mm -hmm. if um, something comes up and you want to move for a job, it's harder when you own a home um, to to do that in a a way where you don't lose money. We're not going to talk too much more, I think, about how to buy a house today. It's not really the point of the conversation, but But I think these are the kind of questions to be asking yourself. What are the pros and cons for you? Where are you in your family life stage and financial situation? Mm -hmm. I just want to mention in housing, you know, um, in a lot of areas, especially where I live, there aren't a lot of apartments or townhomes or even condos. So, you know, buying a house might be the only option where you want to be. So, you know. Just kind of look at what the housing market looks like where you are. And so especially between like, you know, apartments or houses and see kind of what if that's the best place you should be. That's another thing I should think people should think about as well. Yeah, that's, I think, one of the really tricky things about um, financial education around buying a house is it is so geographical and specific Mm -hmm. what's happening in the community or the communities around the area that you want to live in. When we talk about buying a house in Urbana, Illinois, and then compare that to buying a house in San Francisco, California, I'm not even sure, you know, there's just so many big differences there that it's hard. But I think the questions of where are you in your life stage? How committed are you to that area? It's it's now could be a good time to do some shopping around and and thinking around this idea. Mm -hmm. Great. I agree, Kathy. That was that was a good little summary about that. Wow, these are interesting times. and There are I, interesting times. I think it's making me kind of think about things a little differently than I mm-hmm. had planned to be thinking about things this year. So a lot of things going on, but definitely the financial impacts are pretty big mm-hmm. so, at all life stages. Well, another thing that we kind of talked about last night, you know, during our uh, webinar, which, by the way, is called Let's Talk Money, and we still have six more weeks left. So if you're interested, uh, we'd love to have you on uh, and join us. You can go to go.illinois.edu slash talk money, and that will that link will also be in the show notes for you to register online. So we're looking forward to talking more about money with, you know, our our participants on Zoom. So just want to throw yes, that out and, there. And those are Thursday nights at 6.30 p.m. Central Daylight Time. So yes. Illinois time. Illinois time. Yes. Um, so, you know, we kind of talked a little bit about buying a house, but I think a lot of people are, are thinking about refinancing, Kathy. Um, well, I know I am. <laughs> I mean, we, we are at my house. So there seems to be a lot of that. And, you know, people, I, that's probably one of the most asked questions I get from colleagues and friends and neighbors. They're asking me about, you know, should is this a good time for me to refinance your home? And for me, you know, I kind of, again, throw it back at them and, and talk to them about, you know, like, well, what are the costs, the closing costs? You know, is there how much is your rate? How much rate would your rate go down? Um, and what's the benefit for you? And are, are you planning to stay in this home? So just a lot of things to think about. But a lot of people are thinking about, you know, going down with their rate. 
And I think that's one of the main benefits that people see from refinancing is lowering that interest rate means that you're going to pay less interest overall if you don't change the loan term. Yes. How long you have the loan. Mm -hmm. And so that's what people are looking to, to capture and to lock in. Kind of goes right along with that is that people are interested in lowering their monthly payments often. Yes. And especially if you're looking at less employed hours for your household right now, mm -hmm. um, this could really be helpful because this is a could be a significant change. As as Sasha said, it depends so much on your situation and when what your current interest rates are and things. Mm -hmm. But you know, when we're talking about financial tasks that you could do that might have a real change in your financial situation, considering refinancing, I think is way up there. I agree. And I think another thing to think about when we talk about refinancing, and I don't want to go too too far down this rabbit hole, but is just making sure that you have, make sure that you look over your credit before you decide to start maybe shopping around for it. Make sure you don't have any, um, you know, anything outstanding or that there are things on your account that are yours and not someone else's or there aren't kind of any fraudulent things. Um, we'll probably talk about maybe this in a different podcast. I know that we've talked about it before um, with talking about your spouse with credit reports. So that one's a good one to listen to. That's actually the second second podcast we ever did. So you will have to scroll down a little bit to find that one. But I just think it's a good thing to, to kind of bring up just real quickly. Yeah. And so what um, Sisha is saying is, you know, before you go to a lender and ask about information, you want to look at your three different credit reports mm -hmm. and you can do that at annualcreditreport.com and make sure the information on there is about you and that it's accurate. Correct. Thank you, Kenneth. That was a good summary. Sometimes I talk in circles, so I apologize. <laughs> well, I was just thinking, it's not like looking at the credit <laughs> score that shows up because, you know, it's on your credit card information. We really got to mm -hmm. dig down to the data level and the report okay. and make sure that part's right. Yes. Um, another good thing about refinancing your home is that you might actually shorten the length of your mortgage. So um, we actually did this. My husband and I uh, refinance. We're refinancing now and we actually went from a 30 year mortgage to a 15 year mortgage. So for us, that was a really large change. And yes, we did end up we're ending up paying a little bit more every month right now. But we're going to be paying off our loan 15 years faster than we were prior. So for us, that was a really big um a big key point for us to do the refinancing and maybe something you might be want to be interested in as well. You can always ask for those options. I think it's important to, when you do shop around, you know, shop around between, you know, different mortgage lenders, but also different, you know, different rates and then different years of the loan. So. Yes. And depending, one thing to add to that is, you, this may be a good time also to talk to your financial planner about is there a tax implication in doing that? Mm -hmm. um, and does that matter to you? And many with the changes in the tax laws lately, for many people, this is not a factor. It doesn't matter. Um, and so you don't have to worry about that. But there may mm -hmm. be um, for some people the ability to take the home interest off their tax as a, a um, consideration in your itemized deductions may be a factor to consider. It could change your tax situation this next year. So 
lots of things to think about and a lot of different variables, but that's what we're all about is giving you questions to ask yourself and to find out the answers to. I think the other thing, and this is kind of a a, probably a big reason, is if you have an adjustable rate mortgage, um, you might really be motivated to switch to a fixed rate right now. Because I have said before in my life, it's hard to imagine interest rates falling further. And I've been wrong because they have (laughs) fallen further. Um, But they seem like they're getting pretty low to me. So, uh, you know, this could be a place that you want to think about whether this is a good time for you or not to fix that rate. So it's locked in. Yeah. And just to, um, for those listeners who aren't maybe uh, sure what an adjustable rate mortgage is, is that the, it sounds like what it is, is that the, the mortgage rate can change from, you know, maybe 3.5% to maybe five years later, it's 4.5% or it could change at any time. It really just depends on what the contract of your mortgage looks like. So, you know, that's a, another thing I just wanted to pop out there. Yeah, which is a great reminder. If you're not real sure where your rate is right now mm-hmm. or what you what your terms are, you know, that might be a good weekend project to dig through the files and pull that paperwork out yeah. and see where you stand. Um, because it's kind of one of those things for me anyway, once it's done, it's out of my mind and I'm not really, I don't necessarily remember the numbers. So, mm-hmm. And we just, another thing I want to mention is that if you do shop for a mortgage, Um, especially if you're interested in refinancing is to try to, you know, at least get more than one quote from different lenders. So we usually suggest three. Um, A lot of times people will just do one and then that's that's the one that they'll go with. Kind of seems to be a common theme. Um, Well, you know, right along those same ideas, um, I am always surprised how many people tell me they just go to one place and mm-hmm. get that right. And for example, I'm in the process of considering whether refinancing makes sense to me or not right now. Yeah. And uh, I just want to reiterate that even in the same town with financial institutions that are less than five miles apart, you can get very different loans and loan rates and I've given them the same information about mm-hmm. me, right? So it's, it is very worth it to comparison shop. When you are comparison shopping for something like refinancing or any other kind of loan, you want to keep it in a kind of short time period, mm-hmm. five to six weeks will have the less impact on your credit um, score and not do it like one application a month for the next year. That yeah. would start to, to impact your credit score. Negatively impacted for sure. Negatively, yes. Thank yes. you. <laughs> yeah, no, no problem. So, um, so what else, Kathy, should people know about when they're refinancing a home mortgage? Well, I think one thing to realize is it's not free. There are True. fees. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we talk about, is it worth it? Um, let's say that you were going to live, you thought you might move in a year. You're looking at some job opportunities somewhere else or you're planning a life stage move. You might not make up the fees that it would cost to refinance it in the savings from a lower interest rate. Mm -hmm. And so really you're balancing how long are you going to be there with how much the costs are to refinance and then the savings from having refinanced based on the interest rate. And again, you know, the other thing to realize is everybody doesn't get the same interest rate offer. True. So what you see advertised isn't necessarily what they're going to offer you. Um, and it's going to be based on your credit score, the current economy, and how much money they have that day to lend out. Mm-hmm. So 
it's kind of interesting to think about it that way, but a financial institution only has so much money to lend out. And on any one day, they may have this limit. And then another time um, in a month, it might be different. Mm-hmm. Another thing that, you know, you can do is um, you can check out online calculators. So ones that we like to talk about um, are Nerd Wallet and Bank Rate. And I can put those in the show notes. So if you're really interested in this topic, you can scroll down and then click on those and um, open them up in your browser, whether it's on your computer or on your smartphone. Um, and just check out, you know, kind of what to see where you are in your local area, what the rates are looking like right now, because I think that's important as well, just to kind of see what the average is and maybe what you could apply for. Yeah, and I think um, there's a document from the Federal Reserve Board, which is a little bit older, but when I, I read over it, it's all good, solid information, even though, you know, it wasn't written in the last couple of years, called a Consumer's Guide to Mortgage Refinancing. Mm-hmm. And it is a little complicated. We're kind of going over this, you know, in a short amount of time. And so if this is new for you, you may want to look at that online and kind of read through it. So that give it, kind of lay it out pretty straightforward. I agree. There's also um, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau has a really great website called Owning a Home, but there is a section on refinancing. So if that's something that's uh, interested to you, again, I'll put those in the show notes so that you may you can check out those links um, from the Federal Reserve Board and then also the CFPB. Some great places that we love. So just want to shout out to them. All right. So we've been talking a lot about the different um, impacts the economy could be having on people's housing situations. And we're talking about the fact that we think it's important to open up those communications with your partner. If you're Mm -hmm. thinking about moving in with other family or friends to save costs. And we think that that is, you know, something that people might really be talking about right now. Yeah. Um, We've also been looking at these decreases in interest rates and what kind of opportunities that might open up for some people like buying a house or refinancing and um again no right or wrong answers on these because it comes back so much to our personal values our life stage what we want what's important to us some people just love tinkering around a house and fixing up things and other people really that's not their thing that's not where they want to put their time and energy Um, But I think one Mm -hmm. other thing we do want to mention right now is there is some special help if you're having trouble making housing payments since the economic situation is related to the um, COVID-19 virus and our shelter at home things that have been happening across the nation. So there are programs available both from the federal government Mm -hmm. and there may also be help um, in the state or local, um, depending on where you live. So those resources are out there to help you make your mortgage payments, um, make your rent payments and avoid um, eviction from either your home, a home or an apartment. Mm -hmm. So just kind of an awareness that these are out there. We're not going to go into great detail about them all because they have different days they're running out and who it applies to and things like that. Mm -hmm. But there's no shame in asking for help. Maintaining shelter and housing is just so important to family stability and your own financial well-being. If you're in a place right now where this is a challenge, please reach out and ask for help. 
Yes. Um, take that time. I know it's so hard to talk to people um, and to explore this and face up to it, but now's the time to do it. I think so, just be, oh, go ahead. I was just was no. saying that yeah, I think it's just hard to be vulnerable and say, I really am struggling, you know, in our society, we're supposed to be strong and independent. And like, that's an American value. And, you know, for us, we don't sometimes talk about like, I'm really struggling financially and I really could use some help. So I think that's something that was really important to mention, Kathy. The other thing I want to just quickly talk about is, you know, if you are struggling, tell somebody right away, you know, whether it's your loan officer or your landlord, please let them know that way that you can get that help right up front instead of waiting 30, 60, 90 days. Um, we don't want you to have to lose your housing because you're, you're struggling financially. So just another from a former debt collector, just want to let you know, it's better to do the, the talking up front than later on. Yes. And I should also mention that this is happening to people of all income levels. So mm -hmm. that's the reality of our world. And um, you may not have ever been in this position before, but that doesn't mean that you can't take action now to try to make the situation as good as you can. Yes. And there is help out there for some in some situations that can make a real difference. I agree. So on that note, we just comes back to the challenges of talking about money in good times and bad times <laughs> yeah. and the how we have to sometimes relearn um, communication patterns and what we're willing to talk about um, as we move through our lives. Yes. So this may be a time period where everybody is just stretched a little bit on that one. I agree. But it's good to have these conversations, though, and move through the feelings that you might have about the, the, the personal finances that you're, you're dealing with at the moment. So we've got housing and all the challenges in terms of living, talking to people that we care about, about our housing situation and making these complex financial decisions. So we just kind of want to recognize that these are unusual times and these are hard decisions and hard conversations. But you can, you know, I encourage you to give yourself some space and time to sit back and think about these things and do your research. Consider Definitely. your options. Yep. I think that's a great topic, Kathy. I just want to thank our listeners for, you know, uh, being supportive and always listening to us. And, um, you know, we always love feedback. So if you have questions or, you know, comments, you know, you can always find us um, through the University of Illinois Extension webpage. You can always find our our names and send us an email. Um, but I also lastly just want to reiterate, we are doing this webinar series called Let's Talk Money. Again, um, we are really excited about it. Um, we have two weeks down, but we have six weeks left. And we really would love to see some of our listeners on to learn to talk more about it. And, and just have a conversation because our webinars are different than lots of people. I just want to make that clear. We are more fun. We have more discussion <laughs> and we have breakout rooms, people. So come join us again. Go to Illinois.edu slash talk money. And they're free. We and forgot to free. say they're free. Oh, yes, they're free. <laughs> free. Let's talk money webinars. Even better, Kathy, even better. So, OK, I think this is a great podcast. I'm excited to hear some feedback from our listeners, and uh, I hope you guys have a great day. Thanks for listening to Family Financial Feuds. If you'd like to learn more about the educators, Extension in Illinois, or just personal finance in general, you can check us out on the web at www.retirewell.illinois.edu.